Yeah, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Second Kings. I want to get into the Word of God today. Um, how many of you have been blessed already? Amen. We've been blessed by Pastor Jerry and, and speaking a blessing over us today. I am very, very grateful for that. I'm grateful for m- men that love God. Amen. <laughs> men that love God. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I got a little buzz here, Bobby, if you can work that out, I'll keep moving around. I want to talk a little bit about how to reign during difficult times. Maybe it's at me moving the microphone here or is that better? <clears throat> I can use Tatum's mic if it would be better, Bobby, for me to switch that one out real quick. You just let me know what you'd like me to do, sir. Just keep talking so you can work it out. How about that? I want to have you guys turn to Second Kings. I want to talk a little bit about how to reign during difficult times. And, there, you know, the Bible is used for everything that we ever need for it to be used for. There's, there's opportunities in the Word of God where you can learn and you can grow. Um, if you have, uh, you know, your phone or uh, iPad or whatever, you're welcome to use your electronic device. I've got, I've got the uh, old-fashioned book right up here. I love my notes. I love my book. And, and I've been going back and forth and trying to do the other. I just don't feel real comfortable <laughs> when I've got my iPad up here and I'm trying to, to preach from it. But Second Kings, I want to talk a little bit about Hezekiah. Say Hezekiah. Hezekiah. There's a there's a, a gospel singer, Hezekiah Walker, and, and he's got some amazing music. You can Google it. Don't Google it now. You'd be like, okay, I'll be, I'll be pulling it up, playing Hezekiah Walker while the uh, pastor's preaching. But uh, let me give you a little uh, background real quick on this because this is a real example of how to reign during difficult times. Um, Hezekiah was the king of Judah. At this time, Judah and Israel, they were separate. They weren't together. The kings of Israel for the, for the prior couple hundred years, the, the Israel and Judah were separate and the kings of Israel, they, the Bible keeps saying they didn't serve the Lord. And at this time, you can, you can see Elijah, this was before then. Elisha, it was before then. So you're going to be able to see Hezekiah operates. And one of the things he does is he goes to the man of God and it is Isaiah. So you can, you can cross reference some of second Kings and Isaiah and you can see some of that. But first of all, this was from like 726 BC to 697 BC, 726 to 697 BC. BC. Elijah has gone home and be with the Lord. Elisha has gone home and be with the Lord. Hezekiah is reigning. The kings prior to him, some of them, they did not follow and worship the Lord God. They, they strayed. They had idols. They had all sorts of things. But I want to get into this because there's a place that I want to go today that I really believe the Lord is going to begin to release something and really give us an opportunity to, to learn how to reign during difficult times. And it'll all fit together. Second um, uh, Kings chapter 18. Now, it came about in the third year of Hosea that the son of Elia, Elia king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. So we see Hezekiah becomes the king. Verse 2, 
He was 25 years old when he became king. 25 years old when he became the king. Now, I don't know. I don't think I could be king of anything when I was 25 years old. I didn't have enough wisdom or knowledge. I thought I knew everything. I even had a, even had a boss man tell me that I was kind of like Ford. Ford has an idea. They says, you know, the better idea. He said, you, you're like Ford. You always come up with a better idea. How many of you know at 25, you don't know it all? Oh, come on now. 25, you don't, at 25, you think you know it all, but then you really don't know it all. So at 25 years old, he became a king and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abby and the daughter of Zechariah. Verse 3, he did right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father David had done, his father was, his father was, David was actually in, Hezekiah was in the line of David. He wasn't, his father actually wasn't David, but it, they, they use it when they begin to talk about genealogy. If it was a great, 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 great grandfather, then they, they're in, that's the part of the, the father of the lineage. And we had the father blessing this morning. Verse four, he removed high places. Somebody say high places. He broke down sacred pillars, say sacred pillars. And the third thing is he did, he cut down Asherah. These were Asherah poles that were uh, idol worship. You, you can look at this and, and many of you, many, many of you know what these things are, but these were a- actually idols and, and uh, worship to false god, the Asherah poles. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the sons of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. And that, look at me just a moment. He is actually saying that the time of Moses, the Israelites were were not living for God, and they would get bit. The, the scripture talks about it in Numbers. They would get bit by what's called a fiery serpent. This serpent wasn't that it was on fire and it bit them. How many of you know when you get bit, sometimes it feels like fire? And that's the, that's what he was talking about. They were bit by that. Well, then they, they they appealed to Moses. The Israelites appealed to Moses, and they said, "Moses, do something on this. This serpent bites us." And he had this this he made this statue. It was a bronze statue of a serpent. And if they got bit by the serpent, they would look upon the bronze statue, and they'd be healed. Come on. We'll see what happened from the time of Moses until the time of now on that statue. It became an idol to them. Instead of looking to God for the healing that he came through this bronze statue when they got bit, they looked upon the statue and they would live. They now all of a sudden begin to worship this statue. Oh, come on, somebody. Sometimes we are very similar in, in the Western culture, and then all of a sudden we'll find out something that is of God, and then all of a sudden we start worshiping it instead of worshiping the Lord and Lord and the King of Kings. Come on, Sal. So what happened is he was saying, look, Hezekiah is a godly man. And what he's done is he's done these things. He's removed the high places. He's broke down the sacred pillars. He's cut down the Asherah. And he actually even destroyed this, this idol. This, um, it was a copper serpent. Verse five. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. So then after him, there was none like him among the kings of Judah, nor among those that were before him. Look at me real quick. Can you imagine having the word of God 
Is that my phone? <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you imagine having, it's like, Pastor, your phone's ringing. Uh, can you imagine having the Word of God talk to you about being such a godly man or godly woman and a king, and there was none as godly before you and none as godly after you? And I'm like, man, what an amazing thing. That's Hezekiah. Somebody say Hezekiah. That's Hezekiah. He trusted in the Lord. The, the God of Israel, and then after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. Verse 6, he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. He clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. He clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him. He did not depart. Just remember that from following him, which the Lord God had, or his, and he kept his commandments, which the Lord God had commanded Moses. Verse seven, and the Lord was with him wherever he went, he prospered. Somebody say, wow. Wherever he went, he prospered. He prospered. Verse 8, I want to get to that. He defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from the watchtower to the fortified city. You have to understand, King Hezekiah was the king of Judah. And the Bible says that he did not serve the king of Assyria. At this time, Assyria was continuing to grow. And that, you know, when, when nations would go up against nation, how many of you know that when a nation fought a nation and the nation that won, the nation that they were, that was captured were actor, were actually servants of the nation that won the battle. Are you with me? So Assyria continued to grow and continued to grow and continued to grow. Israelites, well, we'll get into that in just a minute. He removed the high places. He not only removed the high places, he broke down sacred pillars. He tore down the Asherah poles. See, what happens, if you'll read in prior times, the king, the other kings didn't do these things. They didn't go after that idol worship, those different things that were there, and they didn't do anything about it, but Hezekiah was willing to do something about it. The Bible says he did right in the sight of the Lord. Man, turn to your neighbor and say, I think they're talking about you too. Come on, tell them, I think they're talking about you too. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if I did right in the sight of the Lord. I'm still working on that. But somebody needs to praise God for Jesus. Amen? Praise God for Jesus. So he trusted in the Lord and the, and the word of God says that he did not depart from him. He kept the commandments. I mean, this king is what I wanted to show you is this king honored the Lord. This king honored the Lord. So let's take a look at verse 13. I want to skip down to verse 13. This is seven years later. Somebody say seven years later. Seven years later. So Judah was actually had peace for seven years. The king of Syria did not come against Judah, but now all of a sudden that king has died and there's a new king that's coming <clears throat> Excuse me. And how many of you know when things change, people forget about the past? See, I think it's sometimes we, we forget about some things that we may need to remember, and we probably remember some things we should forget about. Oh, come on now. So he goes in here and, and look at verse 13. I want us to, well, let me see. I want to edit a little bit here. Seven years later, the king of Assyria comes against Judah. I don't know what happened in those seven years. 
The Bible doesn't really tell what happened in those seven years. But it does say that they lived and they served the God of Israel. Okay, let's go back up to verse 9. Now in the fourth year, King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Elhi, the king of Elahuk, the king of Israel, Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of the three years, they captured it. And in the sixth year of Hezekiah, which was the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Israel, Samaria was captured. Verse 11, the king of Assyria carried away Israel into exile. Okay, so here's what happened. Hezekiah is, is, is ruling Judah. The Israeli king, they have gone into exile because Assyria has captured Israel. So Judah was part of Israel. Israel was part of Israel. They didn't have all of Israel, but they were in exile. So Assyria has come and taken Israel. Turn your neighbor and say, oh, no. They were in captivity. They were in bondage. This was not Babylon, but this was Assyria, and they were still in bondage. Israel was that way. So this king came and he captured them. And it goes on and it says that he brought them to uh, uh, the Habor, the river of Gazan, and the cities of the Medes. Because they did, here's why they were captured. They did not obey the voice of their God, but transgressed his covenant, even all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. They would neither listen, <laughs> They would neither listen nor do. So Israel was turning their back, if I could put it that way, on the Lord God of Israel. Now they're in captivity. But now we've got Judah and we've got Hezekiah who is ruling Judah. And seven years goes by. Seven years can be a time of completion. Seven years goes by. But here's what I want you to look at. All of a sudden, Judah is being invaded by a different king. The king had died. There's a new king that had come. Verse, I want to, I want to, I want to say this king. Let me, let me, let me paraphrase here. Let me put it this way. This king decided to come up to Judah and he was trash talking. And sometimes we'll watch a ball game and we'll go, that guy's trash talking. Those, they trash talk. Trash talk is not new. Hello? I mean, think about it. That's right. Goliath did it with, with the nation of Israel. The Philistines did it. They were talking junk to the nation of, of Israel, right? And then David started talking junk back. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? There was some trash talking that was taking place. I'm paraphrasing some of this just to save you some time so when you read it, you'll, you'll get a greater understanding. This king decides he sends his guys. He didn't show up himself, but he sent his guys, his leaders, and they come up to Judah. Let's say it's in Jerusalem. They come up to them, and they talk to the leaders of Hezekiah of Judah, and they're talking trash. They're saying he brought an army with them. And they're like, oh, we kind of are going to come and kick your hiney. Can I say that in church? We are going to come and take you over. And we got all our guys right here. And I think it's probably the best for you to just go ahead and give up now. Why don't you give us this territory? This is what you really need to do. And they're saying, you know, we've heard about the God of Israel 
But the gods of those other nations, they couldn't stand up to us. We whooped this God and we whipped that God and we whipped that God and we took this God. And what about this other God? And those gods didn't matter to us because we are strong and we're powerful because we're Assyria. And we were just thinking, you know, Hezekiah just needs to give up to us. That's really what they were talking about. Now, look, I don't want to go back to, oh, man, I want to, let's, let's look at verse 18. And when they called the king, Elakim, the son of Hilkah, who was over the household of Shanib, the, tri, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Ashba, the recorder, they came out to them. And then Rabskin said to them, say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king of king of Assyria, what is this confidence that you have? In other words, what's this confidence that you have? Because we're telling you, we beat all these other nations and we are strong and we're powerful. And there's no way that you're going to be able to stand up against us. In verse 20, it says, you say, but they are only empty words. I have counsel and strength for the war. Now, on whom do you rely that you have rebelled against me? I'm telling you, that was one cocky Assyrian king. If you'll go back and you'll read it, you, some of you will get into it, and some of you are like, oh, my gosh, this, this guy was really talking some trash. But he was one cocky guy. And he began to say, and who are you going to rely on? And they even started talking at the gate because on the gate, when you go in into the gate of Jerusalem and on the wall, they had warriors on the wall and they had them listening. So Hezekiah's guys are saying, look, why don't you talk to us in Aramaic, Armenian? That's what I was going to say, Aramaic. Why don't you talk to us in Armenian? Because we can understand you. They didn't want the ones on the wall to hear what those guys were saying. Because they were saying, you might as well give up now. There's no way that you're going to win. And they were like, look, why don't you talk to us in, in, in a different language, Aramean? So, cause, cause we understand that. And they were like, no, because I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to all them people. Y'all might want to give it up now. Y'all might just be better off quit now. Because Hezekiah is going to rely upon, he's going to say his God. I'm paraphrasing this. He's going to say his God and his God is this and his God is that. And Hezekiah is going to tell you guys all those things that you, that you, that your God is going to do. And he said, look, the other gods didn't hand, couldn't handle us. There's no way that your God can handle us either. So it goes on and let's look at, uh, let's, 29, verse 29. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you. For he will not be able to deliver you from my hand, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, the Lord will surely deliver us, and this city will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Verse 31, do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make your peace with me. And now he goes in, look at me real quick. He goes in and he starts putting out the booty stuff. He's like, hey, guess what? Here's what you'll get if you come with me now. You're going to have vineyards that you'll have your own. You'll have your own cistern. You won't have to worry about, you know, he talks about them being on the wall, eating dung and drinking urine. That's in the Bible. He says, this is what you're going to be if you stay here. But if you come with me, I got vineyards, I got cisterns, I got land flowing with milk and honey. This is what you can all have. And he's saying that so the guys on the wall are listening. Because what he wants to do in order to 
to, to create an environment where it's better, that they're better off just quitting and giving up now then they can just go ahead and go with him at this point, And they may not even have to have a war. And he goes on and he, he goes on through verse 31 and 32, uh, 33. It says, uh, has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Here he is. He's bragging now. Where are the gods of Haman, Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of um Hannah and Eva, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their land from my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Verse 36, I love this scripture. He says, but the people were silent and they answered him not a word. You know, there's sometimes some people talk some crazy, stupid stuff. And some of y'all need to learn this on Facebook. You don't have to answer them. There's times where you've got to hear from the Lord and answer them not a word. And I'm not saying it just in Facebook. Because the scripture goes on and it says that the king, King Hezekiah, had already commanded them, don't answer him. He's going to come. He's going to say these things, but you don't answer them Anything, not a word. Turn to your neighbor and say, not a word, not a word. See, a lot of times you just open it up. And you know what? Some people don't know and they don't understand. They're not going to know and they're not going to understand. And it doesn't really matter how much you try to solve them and give your case. They've got their mind made up in, ma- in many circumstances. And you're better off just saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if you'd like to know a little bit more about that, we can talk about that later when I get my Bible. So sometimes you have to not say a word. So they were silent. They didn't say a word. Not a thing. They didn't say a word. So Hezekiah does this, and I want you to understand. We're talking about how to reign during difficult times. Here's a king that followed God. Here's a king that the Bible says that he, he kept all the commandments, that the Bible talks about him, him, him doing being right in the sight of the Lord. And then here's a king that he says he didn't depart from anything. Here's a king that loved God. Here's a king that had a relationship with God. Here's a king that, that all of a sudden the king of Assyria is coming and he sees the army and he sees their force and he sees their might and he turns to his guys and he says, don't say a word. Think about this. How many times they walk around Jericho and didn't say a word? Didn't say a word, didn't say a word, didn't say a word. How could you keep millions of people quiet? Especially there were ladies there. You know, I love the ladies. So think about that. And then, hey, there's guys too we talk to. But they didn't say a word. He said, look, don't you be saying a word. There's no reason for us to even say something about their army and how it looks and how daunting it is and how much victories they've had. Um, Come on, somebody. Now, if you've ever participated in sports, you got to beat you got to beat the best to be the best. And a lot of times you don't look at it. I remember years ago when I was in high school and they were like, don't you know that guy you're wrestling? Don't you know he won the state last year? 
I, I, I'm, I'm like, so? That was last year. That was last year. That wasn't this year. Come on, somebody. You don't have to go through all those that, that thought process there to, to try to talk yourself out of it. King Hezekiah, he was so honorable. He was so humble. He even told them, he said, look, you guys, I'm, we've messed up. What do you guys want? I'll give you, I'll give you some gold. He gave them, I mean, he cut doorposts that were overlaid with gold and silver. And he said, I'll give you this. I'll give you all this treasury. I'll give you all these things. And I started reading that and I thought, man, Hezekiah was making every effort to live in peace with all men and be holy. He was like, I'm not, we don't have to go up against these guys. Let's here you go. Here's what you can have. You can have the, the, some of the treasury. Here you go. You know what this day, nowadays it would be called blood money. You pay them so you don't, they don't come and take you down. Are you with me? So Hezekiah was doing all these things. He was humble. He, he was humble. But Hezekiah said, here's what I want you guys to do. We've got to find the man of God. Remember, Elijah was gone. Elisha was gone. But there was Isaiah. He said, let's go find the man of God. So he sends his guys out, and they go to find the man of God. They're going to be able to talk to the man of God. They're going to find out from the man of God. To go to 2 Kings, and let's real quickly go to, oh, man, I, got, I, just, I just want to read it all. Verse 6, 19, 2 Kings 19, verse 6. Isaiah said to them, thus you shall say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard. There's an anointing behind that. Don't be afraid of the words that you have heard. You'll never amount to nothing. You'll never grow up and be anything. You were nothing then. You're nothing now. There's no way that you're going to ever do anything. You you'll never get out of this. You're always been broke, busted, and disgusted. You're always going to stay where you are. You'll never rise above it. It's just a family tradition. It's just the way we are. We're going to stay in Lodabar. I'm here to tell you, you do not have to be afraid of those words that were spoken over you. And you don't have to believe those words that were spoken over you. So here's this king Pushing Hezekiah, bullying Hezekiah. How about that? You guys know that term, bullying Hezekiah. He's bullying him. And then, and, and Isaiah is saying, look, you don't have to be afraid of those words that are spoken. Here's what he goes on, and, and he says in verse 6, he says, for which the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Now all of a sudden, not only was he talking junk about Hezekiah, but now all of a sudden the man of God is involved and God knows that he was talking not only about Hezekiah, but about God. Remember, he was making fun. Where's the Lord God of Israel? He can't, all these other gods can't hang. All these other gods can't, can't do anything. I, I, I defeated all their armies and they were praying to their God. You think you're going to pray to your God and you're going to make a difference? I'm here to tell you that same spirit is here today. That same spirit will try to tell you, you can't do nothing. What you going to church for? Why are you going to church? You ain't changed nothing. Ain't nothing happened when you get done and that preacher gets done and you go home. You're still in the same situation you were when you went into church. I'm here to tell you, no, my attitude has changed. Something has shifted. I heard the word of God.
And I'm going to get out of Lodabar. I'm going to be able to stand and where I haven't been able to stand. Hallelujah. So when you begin to look at that, it's like, wait, I'm not paying attention to those words. That same spirit today, that same mocking spirit is there today. So he goes on and he says, he goes on in verse 7 and he says, Behold, here's what Isaiah says that God's going to do. I'm going to put my spirit in him, meaning the king of Assyria. I'm going to put my spirit in him and he's going to hear a rumor. And he's going to return to his own land. Are you with me? He's not going to come to you. He's going to return to his own land. It's in verse 7. And I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Oh, come on. So he's prophesying this to Hezekiah. You know what I'm thinking? Okay, great. This guy goes on, the king of Assyria, and he defies God. And I want to look at verse 14. There's something I want to get through. Here's Hezekiah's prayer. Here's a man, a man of God, that reigns and rules. And how many of you know he's in a difficult place? He's in a difficult place. Are you in a difficult place today? You may not be reigning and ruling at the nation of Judah, but you're in a difficult place. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure to move in or move out or, or stand up or sit down or, 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 or run, go to the right or go to the left or you're hearing what God, what do you want to do? And, and then you're going to step out on the, uh, on nothing and you're like, Oh, how do I do that? And you're in a difficult place. Hezekiah prayed. Say prayed. Hezekiah. He took the letters because they wrote all this stuff down and they gave it to him. And he took those letters. And I have done this before. He took those letters and he, and he, and he laid them all out. I've done it with my bills. I took my bills, laid them all out and said, okay, God. What you going to do? I tithe. What's going to happen? I need to know who to pay next. Turn to your neighbor and say, God will move. He took his, he took him, he took him and he laid him out and he went to the house of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed. Here's what he prayed. He said, Oh Lord, God of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God. You alone are the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and open your eyes, O Lord, and see and listen to the words which have, have been sent, the reproach of the living God, which the king of Assyria had said against you. Truly, O Lord, the king of Assyria has devastated the nations and their lands, and they've cast their gods into the fire, and they were... For if they were not gods, but the work of man's hands, wood and stone, they were idols is what he was saying. They have destroyed them. Now, O Lord, our God, I pray, deliver us from this hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, you alone are the only God, the one true God. God, that's what he's saying. He's saying, God, I don't know. I can't overcome this army. I can't overcome what he's saying. They have done a lot of different things, but God, let them know that you alone are God. Hallelujah. And he prayed. What did he do? Everybody, what did he do? He prayed. A lot of times we forget to pray. We can get so, oh, come on now. Well, Pastor, I can't believe you forgot to pray. Well, you did too. Sometimes we can get so busy doing things. You got kids and three or four kids and they're doing this and they're doing that. And you just, you're just like, man, what do I need? It's like, I forgot to pray. Why? Because you had to change the diapers. You had to give the bath. You had to get them in bed. You got, and then by the time you, you, you laid down in bed at night, oh, man, well, am I just talking to myself? 
And then you laid down in bed at night and you were so tired, you got up the next morning and said, I forgot to pray. You're not the only one. There's times we get busy and you get busy too and we forget to pray. We don't do it intentionally. We're not after that. You know what I mean? We're not just being disobedient and saying, I'm just not going to pray. I'm not going to pray. We don't do that. We just get to that place where we, where we begin to seek him. And this is a prayer. He prayed. He prayed. Do you know this was the king of Judah? Say Judah. Do you know what Judah means? Louder. Everybody, praise. Judah means praise. Judah means praise. Tatum, I'm going to have you guys come on up. If you guys will come on up. I'm going to have the worship team come up. Because I think there's times in our lives where we can be like Hezekiah. And we can begin to see the army that's coming against us. And that army that's coming against us can be so big and so real. And then we can hear the king of Assyria or that spirit saying, there's no way you're going to overcome. There's no way you're going to step out of that. There's no way you're, you're in trouble now. It's over for you. You might as well just pack it in. There's some of us that have heard those voices and have seen that army and said, wait a minute, I don't know what to do. And Hezekiah, the very first thing, what to do during difficult times when you're reigning is to pray. Everybody is to pray, is to pray, is to cry out to the Lord, cry out to the Lord. And I'm not talking about, you know, some of you are like, oh, I'm begging God. I'm begging God. I'm not, I'm not begging God. I'm standing in, in position of me being a child of the Most High God. But there are times that I'm saying, Daddy, I don't understand what is going on. And I need wisdom. I need help. I can just see the armies that are in front of me. And I don't know what to do. And Hezekiah prayed. Number one, he, he prayed. He is the king of Judah. And Judah is praise. Rita got up this morning and she threw that uh, through that uh, tongue and interpretation. She said to pray and love. I'm telling you, pray and sing and love. Come on, somebody. And so I, I just there's a song that I really feel like that I, I really felt that the Lord wanted us to do is to lift him up. I'm going to ask you to pull the lights down. Let's just begin to, to, to just worship the Lord for a few moments. Let's just praise Him. You can stand up and praise if you want to. You can come and get communion if you want to. But I want to just, just lift this song up to the Lord. We just want to be able to lift this up. Because Hezekiah, and, and I'll tell you here in just a minute what, ended up, what ends up happening. So you'll be able to get a true picture of it. Hezekiah, he didn't complain. He spread those things out before the Lord. And he began to pray. Praise. Judah means praise. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Continually offer up the sacrifice of praise. Continue to offer up the sacrifice of praise. Paul and Silas, they were in jail in Acts chapter 16. They were in jail. And they, they, weren't in jail. they were in jail because they were preaching the gospel. They were in jail. And the Bible says they began to praise and they began to sing. They prayed and they began to praise. They prayed and they began to praise. They prayed and they began to praise. Let's just begin to praise the Lord. God, you are you are God. Let's just lift him up for who he is. Let's just worship him. Come on, let's sing it with the worship team.
so 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 let me, let me tell you the rest of the story. This is this is not just something that's made up. This is history in the nation of the in the nations of the world. Second Kings nineteen thirty two. Before this, Isaiah began to prophesy. He began to prophesy what was going to take place, and he goes on in verse thirty two. He says, "Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria." He will not come to this city or shoot an arrow there. He will not become before it with a shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way, he, by the way that he came is the same way he will return, and he shall not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city. I will save it as my own sake. And this is for my servant David's sake. Then it happened. Somebody say, what happened? Then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. The Bible says they got up in the morning and they looked and everybody was dead. And on this king of Assyria fled. And if you keep reading, what you find out happens is what Isaiah had prophesied that God said would happen. Somebody ran a sword through that king, and the king of Assyria was no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, some of you say, how does that relate today? I'm here to tell you. God says, I'm ready to bring the sword out, and I'm going to cut and sunder. I'm going to divide some things. I'm going to push the enemy back. The things that have come against you, that are coming against you, God said they may come in one way, but they got to flee in seven ways. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise in the house. Come on. I don't know about you, but I, I think you ought to tell somebody, say, I'm ready. Go ahead. Tell them, say, I'm ready. I'm ready for that to take place. I'm ready for some things to change. I'm ready for some circumstances to change. I'm ready for some things to happen financially. I'm ready for things to happen emotionally. I'm ready for things to change in my life. I want to decree and declare to you there's some things that God has been releasing and you're going to begin to walk in that today. Hallelujah. So in the upcoming days, the upcoming months, the the ahead, get ready. There are some things that are going to happen that you're going to be able to look on and you say, only the Lord God Almighty can do these things. Let's give him praise in the house today. Hallelujah. 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 Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Praise him through the good times. Praise him through the bad times. Praise him in the sanctuary. I think it's Psalms 150. Praise him on the bed. Praise him with the harp. Praise him with the lyre. Praise him with your voice. Praise him with your body. Praise him with all these different things. You just release praise to the Lord. On the count of three, I just want us to release praise for about five seconds. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. 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 I'm going to declare and decree to you that there's a new day. It's a new era. It's a new way. It's a new thing. Will you not accept it? Will you not receive it? God is doing a new thing. I want you to touch three people and say he's doing something new. Touch three people. Tell him he's doing something new. He's doing something new today. He's doing something new. Hey, how many of you know it's new to us? It's new to us. 
but it's not new to him. Amen. It's new to us. That's the way God is today. I know today, I know today, I know today, I know today something's changed. I know today, God, you're doing something in us. I know today that you orchestrated what's taking place. We're going to have a few minutes here. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have prayer if you need prayer today. If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've kind of fallen or, or you've said, you know what? I just, I just am not sure about this, God. I need somebody to pray for you. How many of you know that Hezekiah got with the man of God and he began to release prayer? He prayed before the Lord, laid some things out. There's some things that we've laid out before the Lord this morning. There's some things that you've laid out in your heart this morning and God's seeing those things and he's dealing with those things. How many of you know God's got a way? God's got a way. Say that with me. God's got a way. One more time. God's got a way. God's got a way. I want to pray and we're going to dismiss and you guys can have some baked potatoes and some chilies and just give a, a give a donation. And I'm just going to, let's just pray. Let's just pray. That's all I know how to do. We just pray, God, and we thank you that you are Lord in the middle of the dark. You are Lord in the middle of the light. You are Lord in the middle of, of hurt and pain. You're still Lord in the middle of joy and, and, and rejoicing. You are the Lord. God, you are the Lord. You are the Lord. We worship you today. We praise you today. God, we thank you that you are, you are the one that defends us. Oh, go defend us, God. We worship you, Father, as you defend us. You take care of those things today. Those that are hurting, we pray for healing. Those that need strength, we pray for strength. Those that need wisdom, we pray for wisdom. Those that just need a touch from you, God, we thank you that you visit. God, I'm asking you to to give them encounters, encounters of your love, encounters of dreams and visions, encounters of night that, that they'll be able to say, God, you touched me. God, you healed me. God, you delivered me. God, you set me free. God, continue to give your people encounters in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give him the mighty shout of praise and the clan clap of praise today. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week today. Tell somebody else about King Hezekiah that God's got a way. Amen.